It is a quote that is often erroneously attributed to Eminem. It was actually Seb Coe who said, everybody just follow me because we need a little controversy. Nah. And it is with that in mind that the Backstraight Boys are back and going to talk about all sorts of chops and changes within the world's of athletics. If this is your first time tuning in with the athletics podcast that doesn't take itself all too seriously, but my oh my, are we opinionated? <laughs> I'm Claire. I'm Jodie. And I'm Bea. And we're going to talk today about some key decisions which have been announced by the IAAF Council. Hey, this is Neve Emerson, and you're listening to the Backstraight Boys. Should we start with the Diamond League or the Olympics? Uh, Diamond League, I think it's slightly simpler. Okay, go for it. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't. I purposely not really read about all these things because all these changes they're doing my head in you know like a bit like brexit and donald trump you like just too much of it just gets you depressed yeah <laughs> and that's how i feel about a little bit about all these changes i kind of don't want to engage with it because i just feel like overwhelmed and depressed so i don't really know anything about the diamond league so maybe you can tell me all about that but also if i find a lot in life in general but especially in athletics you delve really deep into something and then it turns out to be a bit of a damp squib or doesn't happen mm. so you've actually wasted all your time um, <laughs> learning about it in the first place this could also happen here but we will see okay so um a couple of weeks back um the iwf brought in some new um innovations i think they would call them for the diamond league now i have to say we have been complaining about yeah, the diamond absolutely. league for years i'm so, really excited i'm very excited they're going to get this right and i'm going to be cheering yeah good luck with that um, <laughs> So we are all for changing with the Diamond League, which we, we all agree is, is a mess and doesn't work. Um, so Jonathan Bridgin, who, um, of course, we know from back in the days of Hurdler, he's now I don't chief know executive, chief executive, whatever that means of the IWF. So him and Sebco came out a couple of, two, like two, three weeks ago, I think it was on the 12th, um, with all these new proposals. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read you the, just the baseline proposals to begin with, yeah? Are these proposals, or are these actual changes? These are the changes not starting until next year, mm-hmm. so whether they are the changes by next May, year. June of next year, yeah. we, will, we will see. And just before we do, I actually think comparing it to Brexit and Trump is a really interesting one, because just like those, you think, mm, democracy hasn't quite worked there. <laughs> a lot of people were supposedly consulted about these, and Jodie, I'm interested to hear if you think that it sounds like people were well consulted, because some of these are controversial. Uh, because they were consulted doesn't mean they were listened to. Yeah, that's no. a very good Hold point. On, I actually have a quote here from this. Um, it says, following a long review, which the IWF says included detailed research and discussion with athletes, coaches, fans, and broadcasters. Now, I'm going to dispute this. <laughs> <laughs> athletes, coaches, fans, and broadcasters. Jodie, were you, were you, was it discussed with you? And I've not been consulted at all. Were you consulted, Claire? Not once. Well, quite frankly, if the Backstreet Boys were not consulted, <laughs> then fans were not consulted. <laughs> okay, so here's just a short rundown of the... Um, of the, um, the no, new... no, no, just before you say, what fans? I mean, seriously, is there a fan club? If you're is a fan there... and you were consulted, get in touch. <laughs> I want to hear from you. <laughs> I mean, what mechanism do they have for consulting fans? Is it one of those ridiculous polls on, on they do? Polls like, would you like the idea? Would you? That, that, that's what it is. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So um, what I'll do is I'm going to read them all and then we'll go back and debate okay. each one rather than um, sort of tearing into each one as we go. Um, so first of all, each meeting from now on is going to be 90 minutes long. Um, the thought is something like 2020 <laughs> cricket, I suppose, to make it punchier, they say, don't they? Um, Claire can probably let them already start it up. <laughs> Claire will be able to explain 2020 cricket to us in a minute because obviously we have no idea. Um, no longer will there be any event longer than a 3K. Of course not. Um, so the 5 and 10s are completely gone, which makes no difference to the 10s anyway because they'd already gone. So that makes them, um, I don't know why they're even mentioning that. Um, there'll be one meeting a week across 12 weeks and then one final instead of two finals, just one final. Um, some field events are going to be tried to do more, they're going to try and do more field events in city centres. Um, they're cutting down the events. So currently, there's 32 different events um, that are over the. Are there? Does that make sense? Yes. There's 32 yes. events over the course of the season for um, the Diamond League at the moment. That's going to be cut down to 24. So that means eight events will be disappearing. Um, the winners of the Diamond League each year will gain automatic qualification to the World Championships, which I thought they did already, but we'll, we'll come back to that. Um, just a couple of quotes here from Sebco and John Ridgeon. So John Ridgeon said. It will create a more consistent, fast-moving, action-packed format for broadcasts and also provide fans a really persuasive reason to come back for the sport each week. Um, it will make the Diamond League an even stronger shock window for our sport. Um, Seb Coe said, change is never easy as we know, but whenever possible, it needs, to be, it needs to be made from a position of strength. 
This gives our fans a compelling reason to tune in, yada, yada, yada. I'm not even going to bother finishing that. Um, so let's go back to the beginning. So 90 minutes, it says. Now, my, my first thought on that is, if you are a big sporting fan, who goes into a stadium thinking, can't wait to get this over with? <laughs> <laughs> um, I understand from a broadcast perspective, they probably want um, it shorter and sharper um, mm -hmm. from the TV perspective. I do get that. And I'm assuming that... Even if you have to keep it to 90 minute format for TV, you can add other events in at the beginning and the end. So if you wanted to do a 10K somewhere, yeah. presumably you can put that at the end of the programme. I just dispute the idea that anyone goes into a sporting event wanting it to be shorter. We don't want it four hours, but 90 minutes seems extremely short. Also, I mean, Claire, you work in TV production. Mm. Would a TV channel say, we only want 90 minutes, we don't want two hours? No, far from it. A football broadcast is at least two hours. A rugby broadcast is much the same. I was covering some gymnastics on Saturday and we did two four-hour shows and people do stick around and watch. And athletics is... People who love athletics do really sit down and just luxuriate in the fact that there's breathing room and that you can watch events and you can go into a studio in between them and you can follow these narratives. I think 90 minutes... Maybe you would organise your schedule so that there was a really exciting yeah, 90 absolutely. minutes at that, the that end makes of sense. it. But I think a 90-minute show, broadcasters aren't going to be clamouring for that. That's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, but it won't be 90 minutes because there'll be half hour, three quarters an hour talking shit beforehand, won't there? So that's, that's With a bolt countdown before yeah. someone taps on the shoulder and goes, guys, he's retired. <laughs> yeah, that just seems very arbitrary. Mm. Um, and it's, but it also feels like an excuse that we can cut long-distance events, which yeah, oh, seems absolutely. to be a, yeah. something they're but, quite but keen on that, doing. I mean... We'll come to that, Ed. We'll come to that in a second. Mm. But the 90, just 90 minutes in itself <laughs> seems a really odd figure. I mean, they've been two hours the last couple of years. Yeah. They seem like a perfectly mm. decent, um, decent time length. But also, the way to make that work is you do your show, you might have a two-hour or a two-and-a-half-hour Diamond League show, and then you offer later on in the evening a one-hour highlights mm -hmm. repeat, so that if you are someone who isn't patient and doesn't have the time to watch it, then... Firstly, like, sort your priorities out. And secondly, <laughs> just tune in later in the evening and just watch the highlights. But do you think any of us want, like, this rushed, condensed meeting It's going to drop from one event to one event to one event. There'll be even less time to show field events yeah. that aren't going to be in the stadium anyway. So what is the... I don't understand. What's the hurry? And also, it feels like someone who doesn't love their own product. This is... Right, that's exactly my point. Mm. This feels, this, all of this feels like people who don't have confidence in their own product. And that can't be true. We know that Seb Chloe loves this sport. Yeah. I've got no doubt that he's a huge fan and is doing what he thinks is, is right. I've got no, absolutely no doubt that there's some kind of power move or anything like that. He loves athletics and wants it to prosper. I just don't understand how these um, provisions are going to mm -hmm. uh, sort of facilitate that. Jody just mentioned something there. We're bringing it down to 90 minutes. We've cut events. We're putting the field events in city centres what, what are we left with <laughs> what, what, you pack in 90 minutes you're getting rid of so much stuff already heats in the sprints yeah well, they're not doing those surely I'm sure they will yeah, I'm sure who they knows um, so anyway then next thing is they're going to scrap the 5k and 10k um, the longest event being a 3k 3k isn't an event can we just get over it 3k is not an event it's like why, if you are a 5 or 10k run at the moment you're going to be driven to the roads. Yeah. They, they are fleeing yeah. to the roads anyway because that's where the money is. Mm -hmm. 10Ks are never in the Diamond League. So now we're saying 5K runners are having no window of opportunity to be seen outside of major championships. Why would you bother? But how are you going to qualify for major championships? Well, there's still that's... meetings, isn't there? They're just not the Diamond League meetings. But then that suddenly affects your rankings. Of course, yes. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about really rankings different. in a minute. Yeah. Mm. But so if you're a 5, five or 10k runner, you've now got no, nowhere to run on the track where you can be seen, which means you've got no sponsors, which means you have to go to the road, which means that the quality of people actually doing the um, World Olympic events is going to be so much lower. Mm. I do understand for some point in that there is no... European representation in five 10k events. It's almost exclusively dominated by Africans. So whereas mm -hmm. the the um, Diamond League is almost exclusively uh, dominated by Europe, I kind of understand mm -hmm. that people don't have people to cheer for in the way they, they would like to. But having said that, the biggest one for the last 10 years has been Mo Farah. So mm -hmm. where would Mo Farah be running for the last... 10 years if we hadn't had um, well, luckily Mo Farah can drop down to 15 or 3k yeah. but some people can't do that one of the performances for me of the entire 2018 Diamond League season was 18 year old Borega running yeah. the fastest yeah. time of all time over 5,000 metres and that was an Ethiopian dominant field and I know that we are massive super athletics fans but anybody watching that's exciting but also I've always we've always said this that uh, events are as exciting as 
the people in them. So there was a point when British people loved the javelin or the triple jump. You know, it depends what who you've got in an event, doesn't it? Um, when for the last ten years we've had Mo in five um, k races, we've all loved five k's. At some point, someone else will come along to cover those events, and it's the same with field events being shoved off to outside the stadium and that. How you can't grow a sport if people aren't seeing it. You know, you can't make someone a star if yeah. um, they're not being if they're not visible. It could be that in the next two, three years, the biggest star in world athletics is a 5,000 metre runner. Well, who are the biggest w- stars? Will we even know? Who are the biggest stars in European athletics right now? It's the Inga yeah. who would potentially all race over a 5,000. Yeah, what Not anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm a little, I'm growing a little wary of sports, not just athletics, all sports, constantly trying to sex themselves Oh, up. God, it's so tedious. Like, you know, the fast fives in the netball, the sevens in the rugby, the 2020 in cricket, and now they're even making shorter versions of that. There's this constant feeling that young people don't have concentration spans anymore, so everything must be short and sharp and in your face and only the most exciting razzmatazz elements of that sport. I think you need to give people a little more credit. Absolutely. And let them enjoy watching a spectacle that isn't guns blazing the whole I'm time. old enough to remember when Bislett was one of the best nights of athletics of the year and the reason was the 10k races mm. you'd have Ingrid Christensen running the 10k and everyone going mad and screaming to full to full um, stadiums you'd have Hayley Gebra Selassie running the 10k mm-hmm. world record set up to run 10k world records and everyone was wrapped at 25 laps of the track that nothing's changed there's no reason why they can't be excited as is proved by the night of the 10k PBs which said Coe's at every single year yeah. and says, oh, we need to follow this. This is a great in, great um, thing and it's going to bring fans back to athletics. But, but then we just ignore the 5 and 10Ks. This other thing about trying to get TV audiences back. TV audiences are not coming back. No. They don't come back to anything. EastEnders doesn't get 20 million viewers anymore and will never get 20 million viewers ever again. So the trying to chase this elusive audience that isn't, isn't there is ridiculous. Like you said... It doesn't matter how long the actual meeting is because people, and we can, we'll watch it live, we'll watch two hours live, but you do a smaller package, you have YouTube clips, yes. and they've been quite good at doing YouTube, the mm. Olympics have more than the IWF actually. Um, it's other, you have to find other ways of, of finding an audience nowadays. The same in music. People aren't buying records as much as they were in the 80s, unless you're Adele. Like, they've had to find other avenues of trying to generate income. They need to find different ways of, of diversifying it. We also have to say, there's a 90 minutes thing, are you going to want? To, are they bringing the prices down? Because are you paying fifty quid to what was a three-hour meeting is now going to be ninety minutes. Um, why would you do that mm. when you can stay at home? Especially it's fine in London because there's enough people in London to go to the yeah. um, to the Olympic Stadium potentially. But people come from all over the country to those meetings. Mm. Would you bother for ninety minutes? No, I wouldn't. Speaking of revenue, Tiana Vasilevsky wrote a really good blog, as she is very good at doing, all about this, and some of the numbers really leapt out at yeah, me. Yeah, I saw this. Um, so. 10 years of Diamond League last year, they released a press release saying how fantastic this competition is and how much it should be lauded. Um, so it was broadcast to 360 million fans in over 172 territories, and there was $8 million in prize money up for grabs, which means that each fan was paying the equivalent of 0.22 <laughs> cents to the IAAF. They have not figured out how to monetize this as a product, and I think reducing the duration exactly right is going to have to have a reduction in ticket prices. And that's only going to worsen the situation. I mean, I, I, there probably won't be a reduction in ticket prices, to be honest. That's <laughs> how the way things are going forward, isn't it? Mm. Like how a Mars bar has got like, substantially smaller over the last 20 it's years. But the, prices, that get me. <laughs> but the price has doubled, isn't it? But you um, look at, sorry, just one other thing. You look at other sports. How do they make money? They make money through merchandise. Why are there not t-shirts with Usain Bolt on the back? I Why is like what? It's just like, there's no merchandising at all. I would buy an Inga Brixton t-shirt well, exactly. tonight. Exactly. Like they're not just, available. And presumably there's probably rights issues or maybe... Then sort them out. Hold on. Shut up. I'm going to talk about that. <laughs> get to another point. <laughs> maybe so there's, there's, rights, um, there's rights issues and it's probably really hard considering how many people can compete in a sport. But just things like you would have thought that going back over the years, the amount of people who would buy a... A, uh, like a DVD or something or a way of watching all the old championships absolutely do they not know how many athletics nerds are out there <laughs> who, who share old vi- yeah. videos that we try mm, to change the yeah. DVD that I doesn't mean, work I'm genuinely talking tens of thousands of people would lap those up wouldn't they surely absolutely. Because... and now we're finding surreptitious clips on YouTube from the yeah. amazing people who actually post them yeah. we need to do a whole episode on them one yeah. day okay cool oh, um, it'll all go over my head because I bet you'll only pick things that happened before I was born exactly <laughs> that's what people want to see we're oh, the Southwark Park Volunteers and, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to the Backstreet Boys. Field events in city centres. 
Do you have a problem? I don't have a problem in principle. I think it's quite good to get to get um, d- different people watching the mm-hmm. sport, but it feels like a little power grab to me to get them out of the stadium. Totally. More so than putting them in the city centre, it seems like they want to get them out of the yeah. stadium. It's, it's a marginalisation, isn't it? I really like it, so long as they do it properly every time. It would yes. be absolutely appalling, considering the men's pole vault is one of the best events in athletics right now, if they stuck it out somewhere, in a, I don't know, a in car park or something, yeah. 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 and then they didn't make sure that eyeballs were on it. Yeah. So as so long as they do it properly, I'm all for it, and you always hear the athletes saying, actually, how things like the Great City Games, RIP, and all these other street events actually draw new audiences in, but it's got to be done well, and I don't know if I quite have faith in the IAAF marketing team to do that. Well, I don't have faith in them. Um, the, <laughs> what will happen is we will get... Uh, a two-minute clip with a backwards three-two-one in order of what they because that's what we always see, isn't it? If there is a live stream or it's on during the main thing, you can keep going back to it or something. I'm fine with it. If it's just a way to shove events out of the stadium, which I think it probably is, then I'm I'm not. Um, cutting events from thirty-two down to twenty-four. Let me just quickly say what what John Ridgeon said about this. We're going to make these decisions at the end of the summer once we've been able to see which disciplines are throwing up the best heads-to-heads. We're going to decide which are the most entertaining disciplines that represent the best possible shop window for the sport. We'll do this on an annual basis review that makes it the best 24 disciplines. I guarantee you the men's 100 metres will never, ever, ever be taken out of that, yet, even though it was shit this that year. Is the fu- so I've written a list here. I put a tick and a cross, and I sat down this morning and I started putting events, in my opinion, I know it's subjective, but I thought the ones that were exciting with good head-to-heads last year and the ones that weren't. And the first thing I put down, which bored me to tears, the only person who excites me is Christian Coleman and some of the Brits. And he was out most of the year. Exactly, and they never raced one another. It's men's 100 metres. You're right, so if, never if, get if you were doing that, they're saying they're going to do it at the end of this year mm-hmm. and judge the competition. If that had been at the end of this year, there'd be no excuse in keeping the men's 100 metres in. There'd be the no bed. sprint hurdles. They're, I don't 200 metres in the men's apart from Noah, Noah Lyles. Lyles just have my old Noah Lyles on I was love, I've watched that <laughs> I'd buy a Noah Lyles t-shirt yes. high jump both men and women it doesn't interest me in the slightest and yet the shot put the men's javelin both pole vaults I bet those will be some of the first ones to yeah, go yeah totally and who, who can who can argue that the men's shot put was, was one of the greatest events of last year so exciting so do not give me this like we're going to check who's got mm. the best event well, wait and see you know, we can't really complain now we have to wait and see at the beginning of end of this year beginning of next year to see what they've decided but, but we already know that they that is not going to be they're, they're not actually going to do it on the most but, exciting are they no. also that 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 is a, a way of deciding is so subjective mm. it's it also makes no to- sense it's also whatsoever. To- totally unfair when it comes to the next point which is winners of the Diamond League final will gain automatic qualifications to the World Championship so some events you won't be able to no because you won't be included because according to um, the powers that be you're not excited enough also and again this is not anyone's fault but it's not Sandra Perkovich's fault that she's got no competition you know mm. I would, Sandra Perkovich is great Sandra Perkovich deserves, deserves to be in every Diamond League meeting but potentially her um, competition could be taken out because no one else is as yeah, good as that. Yeah, that's a really good point. You'll be, you would therefore be being like penalised for being really good. Listen, we all know what's going to happen. The hammer's, the hammer's not in it anyway. No. The discus is going to disappear. There'll be... Triple jump. Tri- yeah, I mean, just that, we know what's going to happen. It's mm. not going to be the sprint events that disappear. No. And it just won't, won't happen. I still do not, I do not buy the idea that the sprint events are the most... I've never really we discussed that. this at Glasgow, didn't we? The men, the sixty meters. <laughs> so shit. I don't, I, don't know one. No. So no. I think he was from. Oh, the guy Slovakia. who switched um, nationalities. No, Cyprus no, that was that's the hurdles. The hurdler. See, <laughs> this is how disinterested we were in the sprints, and yet it's the longer events that are going to suffer. Yep. Steeplechase wouldn't be surprised if they biffed that off, and yet Capruto winning with one shoe on a world <laughs> record in the women's, a national record twice, I think, in the Americans, but on the women's steeplechase side of things. They'll get rid of their own stuff. But people are also saying on, on social media <laughs> a lot, um, what is this obsession with making things shorter? Does the Tour de France think it should? <laughs> exactly. Oh, I like you know, that. Does, does golf, golf goes on for like four or five days, isn't oh, it? And it's like the most, I think it's the most expensive and most moneyed sport there is out there. That's to do with demographics, isn't it? But um, what, what is this obsession with make, giving people less for their money? It doesn't make any sense to me. I do think one thing that is a massive positive is streamlining the events and having a single final. That is one great. million percent. Well done to and the IWF. For some reason, I, I know it's going back to them, I skipped that one, mm. I don't know why, but one meeting a week across 12 weeks in a final. Brilliant. Thank you. Well oh, done. No, please, just make those on the same day. I don't think they are. Well, no, they, pop, they can't in all places, but you need to say it's Friday night or something. Yes. So we know. Do you think part of the excitement of the Diamond League is when it, you wake up on a Thursday morning and discover that there have been loads of world leads overnight because there was an event on 
I like that finding out when I'm at work at like five o'clock the Diamond League's going to be starting in half an hour and I need to rush home you know, <laughs> and have missed the first four quarter an hour I like the Diamond League they're having one on a Wednesday night then one on a Friday night then one in a different continent on a Saturday afternoon mm, at least we will not have the absolute bedlam that was having Rabat on the Friday and London on the Saturday This, I mean stuff like and that all... is so nonsensical so well done IWF to coming to your senses okay so we're giving that two thumbs up yeah mm. but, um, depending on we're giving it one and a half thumbs one and a half thumbs up yeah depending <laughs> on the, the structure of it but we certainly agree that one final and them 12 weeks, 12, one a week over 12 weeks makes absolutely. Other than that, we're on the fence. We'll have to, it's kind of wait and see, I suppose, isn't it? But do we trust them, Jodie? No. I, I, I like the fact they recognise there have to be changes, mm. but, and some of the changes make some sense, but it's how they're impl- in, implemented that is going to decide whether we are fans or not. Claire, do you trust the IWF to do this right? I don't trust that it should be done quite as well as it should be done, no. But exactly like Jodie, I think it's really positive that they are attempting to make it a better product. I just think they might have done it in a weird way. Uh, well, we've got about 15 months, haven't we, to find out. So, um, in, the, in the meantime, we've got this year's um, Diamond League, which presumably is the same as last year's format. So got... I'll only be able to watch 30% of it because I won't know when the remaining 70% <laughs> is on television. One very quick thing, some other um, changes they've made. They've, they've changed, remember last year in the um, field events, they changed it to six, 30 seconds mm. between jumps. Yeah. They changed that back to 60 seconds, Good. which I think well they done. accepted that it just wasn't long enough. Um, there's also some changes in the race walking. This hasn't been 100% confirmed yeah. yet, but it, rather than 20 and 50Ks, they're going to be changing it to 10 and 30Ks. That's not been a, a, actually agreed, Well, no, it? there was a proposal that was put forward last year at the council they've just had. Basically, it was agreed upon. It hasn't gone through as a definite yet. There's a big campaign by race walkers on Twitter and, and things um, called, uh, I don't know, they're doing this thing with a, with a fist and five fingers to say, like, keep the 50 or something. Um, that hasn't been 100% confirmed, but it looks like that's what's going to happen. Um, there's also, from tw- that, that'll be from 2023, if it does happen. From 2021, there is supposedly some new electronic insole yeah. technology to make sure people aren't lifting or something I suppose which is interesting and certainly something which people have been saying surely you can do that by, by now so mm-hmm. I think that's probably sounds like the way forward I couldn't care less about the 50-20 thing I, I, I think for personally I think they should just scrap just have a 30k one 30k for women one 30k for men I don't, having two Two events seems totally But then you, that, you might as well say, let's not have 100 and 200. I, I could, I, you could make that argument. But it, well, but it, they decide, they just need to decide soon. Tom Bosworth made this point on Twitter. Race walkers need to know what distance they're training for. Absolutely. So let's end the indecision, make the call. The, the but once again, though, no, what's the, wrong with the 50k? It's going to take an hour longer than the 30. I mean, it's what, why are we fiddling with stuff that's been around for 100 years? Well, I, no, I've got, no, keep the 50k, but then scrap the, why, why have we got so two? Why not? Why? Well, we have but a 5k and a 10k. They, we have a 10k they, and a marathon. They, they, they're they, different they, they events. 15 minutes, 15 minutes, and you don't have to close down to city centres, Jodie. But they're closing them down anyway. But, but they'd be closing them down less if they, they had one, one oh, race of each. Oh, but I think an hour on a Sunday, to like, an hour less of having a city centre closed won't make a difference. And also, like, as the, the walks are quite exciting in the UK right now, so this is going to happen, we're going to have loads of great race walkers, and then we're going to be upset we could go and get to see them. So... I'm, I'm, I just think it's fiddling again. The, the whole thing about this in-soul technology, I agree with you, it is interesting and it could put to pay a lot of the criticism of yeah. race walking, but it's going it to make it a totally different event because the rule at the moment is not about no contact. It's about no, no contact visible to the visible eye, which I know is, that, that's where the problems lie. But people are going to have to learn a whole new technique. World records are going to have to change. It's, it's not just about putting something in your shoe and suddenly it solves all the problems because it's going to be a totally different, different event with t- totally different technique. But just talking about the race walk, because um, I was saying about we've got some good race walkers at the moment, um, Cameron Corbishley walked, he did his first yeah, ever... Walk. <laughs> Get it right. His first ever 50k race walk the other day. Mm-hmm. He, he walked... I've written 352.20, but I think it was 353.20. I think it was 353. Yeah. Whatever it was, it was the second best British of all time. Amazing. Like, and this is, he's only very young, like 21 or something. That's such um, a crop coming through. Yeah, he's ranked 18th in the world. He would have, that time would have made him 30th in the world last year. So for your first ever walk, that's phenomenal. Now the people in front of him, there may be more than um, one, from each one from, more than three mm. from each country. I didn't look that up. Um, but that almost certainly guarantees he qualifies for the World Championships and probably the Olympics as well because um, 
it's an 18 month, that time won't because he'll have to do it again. But that kind of time also mm. basically means he's going to go to major championships in the future. And how exciting to have someone who is going to race over 50k as well, even if it will only be for a couple of years before they scrap it. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sally Pearson, and you're listening to the Backstraight Boys. Let's talk about qualification. Oh. Because that is the second <laughs> major area of change from these IAAF announcements. I believe Jodie, you oh. swatted up on this one. Would you run us through how qualification for Tokyo might be different to how it has been for previous Olympic cycles? Okay, so we all saw a few weeks back the new um, qualifying marks for Tokyo and we all freaked out because on the face of it, those marks looked like utterly ridiculous that no one's gonna get, and we're all like, well, that's just the reason that they're gonna have smaller fields and blah, blah, blah. Well, that is the reason, but it's not the IWS fault, and if we'd been paying attention, we would have known this anyway. Um, I think what we've got to realize is the Olympics is not the World Championships. We always see the Olympic Games, the athletics at the Olympic Games is just an extension of what we watch all the time. The Olympics is a totally different organization with totally different rules, and we are just one sport within however many. So the way you qualify for the Olympics should and is going to be different than it is for the World Championships going forward. So the first thing to point out is that numbers are set for the events. Um, the IWF had an agreement with the IOC a few years ago that these are going to be the numbers. So, for example, there's only 56 people going to be in the 100 metres on both men's and women's. Um, 48 people in the 400, 45 people in the 1500, 42 people, people in the 5000. Obviously, the longer the distance, the less people, because no one's interested in them. So I presume <laughs> that you can, the 1,500, 45 people, that's three heats of 15. Yeah. I mean, I presume some numbers like that. Um, 80 people in the marathon, 60 people in the walks, 32 people in all field events, 24 people in multi-events, and then 16 teams in the relay, half of which is the top eight in the World Championships, and half of which comes from the rankings. So we didn't make up these, these amount of times. So they, they do have to find a way of, getting um, the numbers down. So they've proposed this new system where if you get these very high ranking um, marks, uh, qualification, qualification marks, marks um, so 10.05 for the 100 metres, 2.33 in the high jump, 4.70 in the women's um, pole vault, um, 21.10 in the men's shot put, um, 6,420 6, in the heptathlon, 94 people got that last year or something, then you automatically have got your qualification and you haven't been selected, but you can rest because you mm -hmm. know you've got the qualification. They're hoping that half people will get those qualifying uh, marks. That's not going to happen in some events. Um, and then the other half or more will be taken up with people who are going to qualify through the new ranking system. So, so far, so good. Makes some sense. Um, but that's when it gets really complicated because the new ranking system... Um, is extremely complicated. Isn't it just? Extremely <laughs> complicated. So once again, I feel like the IWF, while they might be onto a good idea here, the way it's been introduced has been ridiculous, like awful, because it's literally just been introduced, no one understands it, and then we're told this is how you qualify for the Olympics. They were gonna use it to qualify for the World Championships later in the year, but it didn't come out in time. But so everyone's freaking out now, because how do you qualify? Um, the, so basically what happens, is you get each event is ranked now from now on every performance you do is going to get you rankings points your top it, when you when you say every performance does that mean the kent championships get some points but like a diamond league gets different points yeah i don't think you'll get it for the kent championships that's what i was wondering, I was wondering but, how, yes how essentially yes which i like in principle i in, love a ranking system in principle mm. but to have a rankings system that we love we have to understand it so, your top five performances over one year are averaged out, and then that's how they work out your, your score. Okay. It's the top three, three performances for anything over 5,000. Um, I think it's only two performances for 10,000, and they are ranked over 18 months, I think that's correct, rather than the year. Um, older marks are given less weight than newer marks. So, anything from the ninth month, you lose some points. Any from the 10th month, you lose some points. Anything from the 11th month, you lose points. So that's to encourage people to have um, Well, you, you want people going into the championship quali qualifying from recent form, not from 18 yeah. months yes, ago. Sure. But you? you could set a world record 11 months ago and you're going to get points taken off because you didn't do it last week. But the world record itself would be so many points that the record... You, you, you only get an extra 20 points for a world record, by the way. Um, so there's 10 categories of... Um, 
meeting in which to get your points. Ten categories. You know when our accountant <laughs> comes to visit, Jack? Yes. So, uh, uh, twice a year we meet up with our accountant. And she always laughs because she says she watches us and sees how long it is before we completely glaze over and are not listening anymore. She says it's usually about 90 seconds. I think I may have reached my, reached my, my 90 seconds. We are nearly there to but, be fair. So there's 10 categories ranking from OW, which is Olympics and World Championships, down to F which stands for National Permit Meets, which I assume might be something like Loughborough. Yeah, like BMCs, I'm Yeah, yeah something like that. Who knows? Um, so, of these 10 categories, obviously you get more points for competing or getting marks at the Olympics yeah. and World Championships than you would at the local permit meet. For example, to come first at the Olympic Games or the World Championships, you get 350 points. For To come 16th at the World Championships, you get 80 points. If you come first and national permit meet, you get 15 points. Yeah? Okay. So, and there's a range in between that um, of 10 different categories. Diamond League finals is the second most important meeting in the world, apparently. Um, so that kind of makes sense. But this is where it gets really complicated. Oh. Because how do, before you go to a meeting, it's not based on who your competitors are. So your Olympic oh. final might be the worst quality Olympic final of all time. Something with a D ranking might have a much better field, but the points stay the same. So if you were in a, in a meeting mm-hmm. at a, in a, I don't know what the different things are called, um, the, with the first three breaking the old world record, you get less points than a rubbish event in a higher ranked. Which, in a way, is how it should be because it gets incredibly complicated if you're going to take it by score. No, I'm not. I'm not advocating that there's a better system. Yeah. I'm just saying it's just it difficult does, to work yeah. out, and, and it means that things aren't even. This entire press release came with the caveat, not caveat, but um, the IWF saying that they're going to organise workshops seriously <laughs> so they can talk them through it and explain it to them. Because imagine if you're an athlete and your livelihood and your career well, depends exactly. on this. This is mind-boggling. But the other thing is, so an area championships, so the European championships, winning that gets the same amount of points as winning the Asian Championships or the South American Championships. So the men's javelin in the European, you get as many points as winning the men's javelin in the Australasian Championships, for example. that's silly. That's silly. Mm. Coming coming eighth in the um, African Championships at the steeplechase will get you the same amount of points as coming eighth in the European Championships in the steeplechase. So once again, that's that... I don't know how you do it differently, but that's um, problematic. The American championships in the hundred meters. What an interesting point! You mm. get as many points as if you win the Djibouti championships in the hundred meters. So national championships get the same amount of points. One thing I do really like. Sorry to interrupt your explanation, but I'm just quickly. I'm thrilled that there are bonus points for competing at national championships. I think that can only be a really right, good absolutely. thing. Absolutely, that's really good. Um, so the top weight, the top meetings are weighed very heavily. Um, so this is where we get another problem. The, the World Championships, the Olympic cha- Olympics and Diamond Leagues are weighed very heavily points-wise, but you can only get those points if you're able to get into them. So this is where it becomes really unfair. That's a catch-22. Yes, it's not mm. only a catch-22, but for example, in Britain, we have two Diamond Leagues at the moment, maybe we won't next year. You can pack that Diamond League with British, British athletes and they get extra points. Mm. Whereas if you're an American collegiate, you might not be able to get into it. If you're an Ethiopian who can't afford to come to Europe, you don't get any points. So it's, it's, the ranking system is totally unfair. Like, I understand how it's a level playing ground, playing field to get the points, but some people are not going to be able to get points, and that's where it's going to trip up. Just gives selectors even more power, doesn't it? If you're someone like, oh, we always use her as an example, because someone like Alex Bell, who doesn't get paid for stuff, yeah. this is so frustrating. Yes. Because actually, she runs sub uh, two at a rainy Watford. Yes. Um, and that doesn't get her any benefits. Whereas if you're, I don't know, Lindsay Sharp or an athlete who's got a slightly higher profile, and you get picked for the Diamond League. You're right. Then and you can pay for the Diamond League. You're gonna get you get a shitload of points. Yeah. Um, which you would have to win mm. multiple times on a lower ranking. And we ranks. also know that Diamond Leagues are still invitational to yes, a certain exactly. extent. Yeah. I mean, you, you can force your way in by being like in the rankings already, but to a certain extent, they're invitational. Yeah. So you... There's, there's always this athlete... It's ripe for corruption. Yeah, but you, it's ripe for people who've got a good agent or someone whose agent represents another person to get you say, in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jackie Edwards used to always be in every long jump ever, and we're, we're still not sure why. <laughs> <laughs> so it, I, I applaud the idea of the ranking system, 
I'm not sure this is going to work very well, but we're going to have to wait and see. <laughs> I'm Fede Degas and you're listening to the Backstreet Boys. So you, if you've already got the time and you win your trials, for example, you know you can go. Mm. Yeah, you're qualified. If you win your trials and you don't have this ridiculously high um, ranking qualification, you're going to have to wait and see where you are in the rankings. You're not going to know until the day the rankings come out, which is, I believe, on the 30th, July the 1st. The last day to do something is on June the 30th, I think. Um, so basically, you can be gazumped on the last day and pushed out of the rankings, and there's nothing you can do about it. So you have to stay competing right so you have to, just in yeah. case. So you can't like get your qualifying thing in May and then concentrate mm. on training. You're going to have to be competing all the time to try and get your ranking points up. And you're not going to know until the very last minute when there's nothing else you can do about it. Is it still... This is for the Olympics, not the World Championships. Is it still three people country, presumably? Yes. Okay, so the ranking points, you could still have a huge amount of ranking points, but not go because... Absolutely. We won't have a million Americans. And also, just because you're high on the rankings doesn't guarantee that your country has to pick you. They could still pick you based on their qualification Mm. criteria, which means that you... Okay, so the rankings themselves don't get you in? No, they're, they're the equivalent of having a qualifying time. Okay, so... It's the you second can, wave of admission. Sure, but your country could still pick someone else over you. Yes. If they've got what qualification? If they're in, in it, either they've got the qualifying time or mark, or they are in the, however, and this is the other point, we don't know how many people are going to be Within chosen band. from the rankings, because that's going to depend on how many people have got the qualifying mm-hmm. marks, and who's selected. Yeah. So if you've got eight Americans with a qualifying mark, you can only pick three of them, for example, but say America decides they're not picking the one who's higher ranked because they didn't do well well, at the trials. So you don't know who's coming out and where you're going to move up to. Mm. But also, America have said they're not using the rankings whatsoever. They're only going on qualifying times. So, because that way they can choose their team directly after the The trials, and also they think that the rankings is not fair, especially to Americans in marginal events who don't get to go to Europe to get the ranking points. But I don't know whether they'll then go back to the ranking points after they've chosen people who have got the qualifying times. Can but I, they're prioritising qualifying times and marks over rankings. Is this just for the Olympics? For the moment, it's just for the, the moment. Olympics. So the, the World Championships this year is the same as usual? Yeah. Kind of, yes. yeah? Okay. And then in 2021, presumably, they will... And this might have been working for a while yet, and we might get yeah. understand how it works better. But until 2021, then maybe they'll use this system then. I wanted to kind of ask you to a question... What is it that we want to see in athletics at the Olympics? Do we want to see the Olympic Games motto, higher, faster, stronger? Do we want to see absolute elite level record challenging performances? Or do we want diversity and growth of the sport within areas where perhaps you don't see as much athletics prowess? So personally, yep. the second. Okay, interesting. But, but maybe the Olympics isn't the place for that. Maybe the World Championships is the place for that. Maybe we've got to reassess what the Olympics is for, and maybe the Olympics is for the absolute. Because I think that is at the crux of this, what you want to see at the Olympics. But are you saying to the Olympics, for example, when you're talking about the very best, are we saying that there should be eight um, Kenyan steeplechases? No, no. Just for example, I had a look at the Indian national records, and on the men's side of things, only in the men's 400-metre hurdles is the national record of India within the qualifying mark. So Indians are going to have to run and jump and throw national records to even get the qualifying marks, and they're not going to be up there in the rankings, which means that instantly we're not seeing Indians at the Olympic Games in track and field. The women's 100-metre record for Ghana for 100 metres is 0.01 inside the qualifying mark, and I had a look, and it's a very similar story throughout. Only two Irish athletes in 2018 ran a qualifying standard. We're going to see athletes not getting opportunities to go to the Olympic Games. Do you think that's a good thing or to the detriment? No, it's a bad thing, but this is where the ranking system comes in. Because I think what you'll find is once you've taken out the 37 Kenyans and 25 Ethiopians in certain events, you are going to get people who are ranked quite low down who actually do qualify. The same in obviously the sprints with the Americans. Once you get down into the numbers in the rankings, mm. there's going to be a huge shift where people who are 80-something are going to come up to the 40-somethings. Okay, so you actually think that we will rem- there will remain some diversity? Possibly. <laughs> we don't know yet. But there has to remain some diversity because each country can only send a certain amount of um, competitors. You've got, yeah. to get, you've got to fill the other spaces from somewhere, mm-hmm. and it means that you will end up with your Ghanaians and Indians um, like you would have anyway. Because the, number, the numbers have got to come from somewhere. Well, then you will, if they get the opportunity to compete in something to get enough points. 
Oh, I'm exhausted. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really complicated. I think, uh, like I said, in, in principle, I quite like the idea. Mm. Um, but it just feels un, kind of unnecessary to bring it in now. Why didn't we wait till after the Olympics? Mm. Bring it in then, have four, four years, years to work yeah. out how it's going to work before the Olympics. It also seems very complicated. I know they brought outside grouping to do it who've been doing these stats for years. Um, but... I'm not sure you can quantify athletics' performances against each other like no, this. No, because when you think about tennis, we don't necessarily understand the tennis rankings, but we understand how the tennis rankings work. Does that make mm, sense? I, I'm not sure we do. See, I think no. tennis rankings works really No, what I mean is when you see the chart, you can understand that, like, Serena Williams is... Well, Serena Williams is always number one, isn't she? But, so this is something similar. Mm. I think the problem here is we're doing it across, like, 42 events. Exactly, exactly. Well, now, and, and why all do disparate events? It's but like the other thing, you've got these rankings that get you into championships, but they've also got an overall rankings. So they calculate the events and put them all together. Noah Lyles is number one in the men's at the moment, and Beatrice Chekovic is her name? Steeplechaser. Is number one in the women's. women's. I haven't really looked into the details of why that would be the case or how that works, but... Um, I'm not sure that's necessary. It's I not... also think that's ridiculous if you're going to biff off events from the Diamond League. Yes, <laughs> well, of exactly. If you're Anita Vladarczyk, how are you meant to get up there in the rankings? Yeah, exactly. when they and inevitably course, biff off women's throws. Which is, of course, how people make their money as well, because I guarantee sponsors will be saying, oh, where are you in the rankings to determine the money you make? It's also all a part of this thing to sex up the sport, because how cool to be able to go, we've got five of the top 10 100-metre runners in the world competing at Brussels this year. It gives them a nice way of selling but events. I know the rankings haven't settled in at the moment. So Laura Muir is number one in the 1500, um, for example. But just as an example, in the men's 100 metres, um, Ronnie Baker's number one. Noah Lyles is, is in the 200. Guess who's third in the in best ranked in the world at the 400 metres? It's going to be... Um, it's going to be really silly. Matt Hudson-Smith. It is Matt Hudson-Smith. No way. <laughs> is that because he won the Europeans? I, I mean, who knows? But just... That's just, just the first example I saw of something that does it. There's no way he's the third best 400 metre runner in the world. Very good at 300 metres. Remember <laughs> that European final? That was so funny. And do you know what? This year, maybe he will be the third best or maybe the first best. Let's be, let's be positive. But that kind of, there's going to be those kind of anomalies throughout the, throughout the rankings that we're going to pull out every single time and complain about. Hi, this is Jenny Simpson. And back straight back. All right. <laughs> we do a very quick bit of housekeeping before we move on to a little bit of news. Yeah. We've had some really lovely feedback on the Glasgow episodes our time in Las Vegas was so much fun and people have been getting in touch all over the shop to say how much they enjoyed them I mean we had a great time up there I wasn't there so I listened to them like a, an ordinary backstreet boys fan um they were great they were so good so good oh, I thanks. actually I actually was running in um on a treadmill in Brazil and I ran a 10k for the first time in ages because oh. I was just continuing listening okay oh, yeah so I should go away more often shouldn't I <laughs> <laughs> good to have the gang back together. As a result, we've had some really lovely reviews coming in recently and I just want to say a big thank you to Sportsfan344 who said, getting into the Backstraight Boys podcast has made my 2019 so much better. The guys are brilliant at their job and you can tell just how passionate they are about track. They never fail to make me laugh. So thank you very much. Please drop us a tweet and we will get some goodies to you soon. Are they laughing at us or with us? <laughs> and also the passion side of things. I think this has been one of our most passionate episodes for a while. So hopefully sports fan food before you are enjoying this offering. Also, a bit of housekeeping, the Instagram is up and running in earnest. Well, it's, it's up. up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there is an Instagram and you can give us a follow. Is it at Backstreet Boys? I think so. Social media is not our strong point, Claire. We're old, remember. So the Instagram is Backstreet Boys Podcast. Oh yeah, I changed it so yeah. people could find it. Oh good, <laughs> but not so that we could remember what the handle was. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, we, there will be more content, especially Throwback Thursdays. We're going to be putting some old oh, pictures. Oh, I'm up. looking forward to those. Hi, I'm Greg Rutherford, and you're listening to the Backstreet Boys. You're a pro, aren't you? Well, you know, <laughs> Britain. Well, Great Britain and Northern Ireland are sending really good squads to oh, yes. the world relays mm. um that's gonna be really exciting i don't know where that stream will be available i assume there will be a stream but sending seven olympics 17 world and 21 european relay medals within a 26 strong squad most of them are Ailey doyle yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know martin really <laughs> yeah, right. the the i think the two the headlines is dina's not going 
Fair mm. enough. Dina can do whatever she yeah. likes as far as I'm concerned. Zarnell's not going either, which I thought was quite interesting because Zarnell's not going, but Reese Prescott is. He is, yes. Now, if I was Zarnell, I don't think I'd want to be out of that team at the World Relays because at the team who is going is... Um, Reese Prescott, for the first time, actually included mm. in a relay team. You've got Nathan Neal, you've got Adam, you've got CJ, you've got... And then, I mean, that's the team. Yeah. yeah. But then you've also got... Um, Harry and Richard. Harry and Richard Kilty, um, who are kind of, you think of maybe as the reserves. Mm. But also great substitutes to have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. But where there's one too many to go into the A-team for this. Yeah. So Zarnell is taking a bit of a risk, I think. Well, he and Dina have been given permission to miss it, uh, and I quote, because it is in line with their individual competition plans for the 2019 season. So if those come to fruition, and he has a fantastic individual opening to his season, you're right, maybe he'll still be fine. But I think there's an awful lot of pressure to make those quartets <laughs> at the moment, especially with how well some of the boys have run this winter. And I mean, the same in the women's team. Like, there's there's going to be some serious competition to get into that women's team. Dina can afford to step out because she's always going to have a place. But the other three spaces, I think, are all up, totally up in the air. Yeah, totally. Your I, I, new favourite, Jodie, Crystal's going. And she deserves to go. And this is what we said about running indoors. Yeah. You run well indoors, it gets you noticed. She ran, normally, she was on the relay team a couple of times at the Diamond Leagues and stuff last year. But, um, yeah, she's, and she's, I mean, it's between her and Asher for that first leg. Oh, absolutely <laughs> What a choice to have. The World Relays are a fun event. I'm kind of surprised we're prioritising them because we've already qualified for the World Championships. Mm. Um, so, but yeah, I think it's a great event. It's the beginning of the year. It's a trip away. It's an a, a opportunity to win quite a lot of money for the, for the individual yeah. team members. Yeah. Um, once again, I know they're not championship events, but I'd love to see us take people in the other relays, especially the distance ones, to give those athletes a chance to actually win some prize money. Because yeah. there's, there's easy prize money to be won. Ridiculously easy prize money to be won. Yeah. Mixed four uh, by four is going to be interesting. Oh, I don't even want to talk. We've had enough like stuff I disagree with already today. Let's <laughs> not get on to the mixed four by fours quite yet. Um, we've got the World Cross Country coming up next weekend. Yes, we can. It's in Arnhaus in Denmark. I'm told it's a traditional um, um, course. Who told you that? Uh, Paula Radcliffe. Um, but also, I think it's generally. Oh, no, name sorry. <laughs> what a name dropper. Just had to dodge the name <laughs> falling name on the floor of our recording studio. But um, it, and it's, everyone said yeah. that and also it's going to be I think quite cold I looked at the weather forecast only 10% um, forecast for rain which is unfortunate I'd love it to be back really down yeah. and really muddy you but... say this <laughs> <laughs> no but to make it a proper cross country course mm. I don't want to see these flat cross country courses with people winning a sprint finish I want to see where people grind it out and Paula beats Getawami in a sprint because she's made it so hard or Zolabud runs away from the field because mm. she's got so much guts that's the kind of cross country we want to see um, it's all over a quite short period of time. You've got the mixed relays first, you've got the junior races. The men and women are both running the 10K. Good. Um, but the junior team, the men are running 8K and the women 6. Well, little girls can't run 8K. No, runs. and I'm worried about that ovaries. <laughs> <laughs> that used to be the excuse. That's why women didn't do the 800 up until the... Um, up until, well, they didn't do anything above 400 until the 1960 Olympics because when they did an, the 800 in 28... Some people um, were tired. Some afterwards. people were tired afterwards, and they were concerned about women may um, um, damage their reproductive organs. Oh, that's very good of them, wasn't it? Nice. <laughs> but so I think it's quite exciting. Um, America have picked a really, really strong mm. team, especially on the women's side. So it'd be nice to see if they can get in and amongst the, Amer the um, Kenyans and Ethiopians. Um, we've got some decent teams, but once again, full teams as well. Mm. I'm glad, very glad we're yeah. seeing full teams, even even if, even if it was a last minute. Um, that was a bit of a U-turn, wasn't it, I think, yeah. like athletics. But it's just a shame that some of the big names don't want to do cross-country, and I understand Especially it doesn't suit Especially with the everybody. world not so, yeah, so but, far away, yeah. but, you know. But it would be great to see um, your Ailishes and your Laura Muirs, and also Laura Whiteman doing it. Speaking of Laura Whiteman... 31.40 in Brunson. That is... Crackling. And that was followed on from running another 31.59 yeah. earlier in the year. Um, that is the fifth best British time of all time. Wow. And the fastest since 2005 on a record eligible course. I wrote that down as well. Thanks, John. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that the only job. people to go faster are Paula, Liz, um, Wendy Sly and... Joe Pavey? No, no. Much oh. faster than Joe Pavey. Gemma Steele. 31.40 is a really fast time for a British woman to run on the roads. And um, I would love to see her do one on the track. And I, I look forward to Highgate. Well, she's not doing Highgate. I tweeted her after our last one and said, are you going to Highgate? And she said, no, she's not going to do the 10K today. I wonder, and I don't know whether or not Laura listens to this pod, but Laura, do you want to come to Highgate with us as a spectator? 
Because wouldn't it be great <laughs> if you could be a guest on the pod and we could go to the night of the 10k PVs together? Because obviously we'll be there. Absolutely. Out in Cuba, some pretty big jumps have been happening. And I know it had a 3.3 metre wind behind it, but 8.92 from the flying teen at Chivaria. Claire, you're all excited about I'm this I'm so jump. excited. I don't think it happened. There's a video. It's not going to get ratified. Abs- well, it's a wind jump anyway. It's so it not going to get ratified as a wind jump. There's a, there's a, a little thread on Twitter mm. and we'll find it for you. Maybe you can put it in the show notes because what it shows is number one, the, um, the actual jump and then the measuring. There is something very strange about the measuring. <laughs> very lackadaisical, isn't very it? Very lackadaisical. Um, the guy who's actually um, doing the marking seems to be marking from a totally different place. And even if he's not, the person who's reading it isn't even looking at it. <laughs> so we'll put the video and the photograph and the discussion that's been on Twitter about it that. cannot be as slapdash as the Diamond League scheduling. So if that's <laughs> all right by the IWF, I don't see why 892 with quite a lot of wind behind it and an elastic tape measure isn't all right. I think, though, that he's obviously an incredible talent and he can jump those distances. Mm. Um, he proved that last summer. He needs to be a lot more consistent on the board. Yes. But he's, like, 20 now, maybe not even 20 yet. So that's fine um, men's long jump is going to be one of the best events I think for the next few years it's just been well, so then watch it get taken out of the Diamond League oh. <laughs> it takes up too much time and it's boring hi my name is Asha Phillip and you're listening to the Backstreet Boys Diamond League changes qualification for the Olympics some bloody good British teams going out I'm really looking forward to the outdoor season beginning in earnest I feel like we're at that sort of crossroads yeah. now we've had a fantastic a surprisingly fantastic indoor yes. season. It's been really entertaining. So I think there's a couple of, like about six weeks now, and there's, well, we've got cross country, a um, couple of weeks where we can have a little breather, and there's a few more ideas that we've got coming up before the summer. So please keep tuning in to the Backstreet Boys and Girl. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, at the Backstreet. <laughs> at Backstreet B. Get out of here. We're like 45 episodes into this thing, and you've not changed your Twitter handle. <laughs> At Backstreet B or <laughs> at Claire underscore G Thomas. You can follow us on Instagram at Backstreet Boys Podcast. There we go. Professional. Please keep the reviews coming. They are good for our egos and for the <laughs> podcast itself. We really do love hearing from you. Thanks very much. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye. 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 <laughs>